Now, you know, there was once after 9-11, there's all these stories about, you know, Muslims and stuff. And so there's a news reporter in Michigan. She was, you know, recording and she had them, uh, us praying. The Muslims were praying. And then she said, she said something interesting after. After the prayer finished and everybody was kind of making their adhkar and stuff and quiet. Everybody, no one was walking or moving or talking. She said, it seems like they just came out of an amazing spiritual journey. That's what a non-Muslim reporter said. Because everybody was like quiet and humble and just making adhkar. So it was interesting. Now, what's the first thing we say, brothers and sisters, when we finish salah? The first words we say are, Astaghfirullah. We ask Allah for forgiveness. So I'm gonna just kind of, if you're taking notes, and I, I, even though you've found most of this has already been mentioned, but we're gonna mention it again, and I advise you to take notes again as we go through this, so you can get kind of a summary in one place in your notes. We ask Allah for forgiveness, but we mention so many ways in which Salah forgives us. Why? Before we answer the question, let's go through the journey of Salah one more time and let's see how Allah forgives our sins. Number one, before we even say number one, this is pre-number one, the Prophet said in a hadith in Bukhari Muslim, that if a man had a river in front of his home and he took a shower in it five times a day, would he have any dirt left on him? He said, no way. He says, just like that, Salah wipes away the sins five times a day, as you pray, it wipes away the sins. Now, let's start on this journey. How does Salah wipe away our sins? Number one, prayer itself is an expiation of sins. The Prophet said in Sahih Bukhari, the five daily prayers and the Jum'ah to Jum'ah are an expiation for what is between them so long as one is not guilty of major sins. So brothers and sisters, between Asr and Maghrib, whatever sins we have committed, when we pray Salat al-Maghrib, it's wiped away. Maghrib and Aisha, or whatever sins we committed, is wiped away. Between Aisha and Fajr, whatever sins we committed, is wiped away. Between Jum'ah and Jum'ah, whatever sins we committed has been wiped away. So long he has not done any major sins. Number two, we already mentioned that hadith, when we make wudu, what did the Prophet say? When you wash your hands, the sins fall off from your hands. When you wash your face, the sins your eyes have committed are washed away. When you wash your feet, the sins your feet have walked towards are washed away. Until you come out from wudu free of sin. Number three. The Prophet said, when you walk to the masjid, we mentioned this hadith, every step you take is what? One sin forgiven, and the next step you take is? One rank raised. So every step you take to the masjid as you come, your sins are forgiven. Number four, when you sit before the prayer and you wait for the iqamah uh, to, to be called, what did the angels say for you? The angels say, Allahumma ighfir lahu, Allahumma arhamhu, irhamhu. Oh Allah, forgive him, oh Allah, have mercy on him. So the angels are praying for you for forgiveness. But it doesn't stop there. Number five, and I forgot to mention this hadith, so I'll mention it to you now. And this would also go in the section of takbirat al-ihram, if you want to put in your notes there or make a note, so you can have khushu in this part of salah. The Prophet says in, in an authentic hadith in Bayhaqi and Tabarani, authenticated by Albani rahimahullah, he says that, إِنَّ الْعَبْدَ إِذَا قَامَ يُصَلِّي أُتِيَ بِذُنُوبِهِ كُلَّهَا فَوُضِعَتْ عَلَىٰ رَأْسِهِ وَعَاتِقَيْهِ فَكُلَّمَا رَكَعَ أَوْ سَجَدْ تَسَاقَطَتْ عَنْهِ He says, when the believer stands to pray, his sins are brought to him and put on top of his head and on top of his shoulders. Every time he makes ruku' or sujood, his sins fall off of him. Sahih hadith. And what's amazing, brothers and sisters, by the way, let me just give you this quick tangent, we'll come right back. The believer, when he looks at his sins, 
when he recognizes his sins, he looks at it like a mountain on top of him, even the smallest sin he's committed. He looks at it like it's a mountain on top of him that's about to fall and crush him. The hypocrite, when he commits his sins, you know what he looks at it like? You know when someone, when the fly comes next to you and you just kind of shoo him away? That's how the hypocrite looks at his sins. Allah ghafur rahim Allah is merciful, Allah is forgiving, no problem. Astaghfirullah, I'm covered. But the believer, even the smallest sin, he's so worried that Allah is going to take him to punishment for this. You know, Sufyan al he said, to dhanban, I committed one mistake, فحرم to qiyam al-layl sitata ashur, I committed one mistake, and I was prevented from qiyam al-layl for six months. It's one mistake. So the believer, when he knows this now, that all of his sins are placed on his forehead, he is so, on top of that, he's so scared. He's like, Ya Allah, please forgive me. So when he stands in prayer, he stands with humility in front of Allah. When he goes into ruku'ah, his sins fall off. When he goes into sujood, his sins fall off. What number are we on? Number? Huh? Number five? Number five? Number six. Do we have, let's go through it, number one, again. Number one, the prayers itself are expiation between each prayer. Number two, wudu. Number three, every step you take to the masjid. Number four is the, uh, the, the dua of the angels to you, Allah as you're waiting for prayer. Number five is the sins falling off your shoulders when you go into ruku and sujood and your head. Number, number six, the dua at the beginning of salah. When you start prayer, what do you say? One of the, what is one of the dua you can say? Allahumma ba'ad bayni wa bayni khatayai kama ba'ad bayni mashriq al-maghrib Oh Allah, this is between, between me and my sins like the east and the west Oh Allah, cleanse me of my sins with water and snow and ice in the dua as you know Number seven What do we say when you say ameen at the same time as the angels? غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِ All of your sins are forgiven If you say ameen the same time the angels say ameen Number eight The Prophet said in the authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim Every time you make sajda a sin is removed and a rank is raised. The same reward as when you walk to the masjid. Every time you make sajda, a sin is removed and a rank is raised. Number nine. What do we say sitting between the two sajdas? Rabbi ghfirli. Oh Allah, forgive me. We ask Allah for forgiveness again. Number ten. After salah. Now, we're, we're, this is something new to your notes. After salah, just like the hadith says, before salah, the angels pray for you. The Prophet said in Sahih Hadith, in Sahih Bukhari, that after salah, so long as you stay in the position you were sitting in, if you don't move from that position, so if you, if you move backwards, you lost it. Stay in the same position. And, and you don't lose wudu. The Prophet says, angels will be praying for this person. Allahumma ghfir lahu, Allahumma arham. Oh Allah, forgive him. Oh Allah, have mercy on him. The du'a of the angels again. Number... 11? Now, this is also new, so this is new notes. The Prophet said in a hadith, after salah, this is in Sahih Muslim, after salah, if you say, subhanAllah, 33 times, alhamdulillah, 33 times, Allahu Akbar, 33 times, and to make 100, you say, la ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, lahu al-mulku wa lahu al-hamd, wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir. The Prophet says, ghufirat khatayahu wa in kanat mithlu zabad al-bahar. If you just do this, subhanAllah 33, alhamdulillah 33, Allahu Akbar 33, la ilaha illallah wa ta'ala sharika da, the Prophet says, all of your sins will be forgiven, even if it's as numerous as the foam in the sea. SubhanAllah. Now, look at this. If you think that's awesome, check this out. Number 12. 
Number 12. Similar hadith, but this hadith is actually different. It's, this is in, it's in, in the books of Imam al-Nasai. It's classified as Hassan by most scholars. The Prophet ﷺ says there are two things. This is also not in your notes. There are two things that, that is so easy for people to do that will get them to paradise, but people who do them are few. Two things. What are they? He says, number one, الصلوات الخمس يسبه أحدكم في دبر كل صلاة عشرة ويحمد عشرة ويكبر عشرة فهي خمسون ومئة في اللسان وألف وخمسمائة في الميزان. He says this narration says after salah you say subhanallah ten times. Alhamdulillah ten times and Allahu Akbar ten times. That's how much total? Thirty times five prayers is how much? You guys are tired. 150. 30 times 5 is 150. The problem says 150 on the tongue, but 1,500 on the scales. Why? Because man ja'a bil hasana, falahu ashru amthadiha. You do one good deed, you get 10 times the reward. Now, number two, he said there's two things that people don't do, but they're easy, and if they do, they'll go to Jannah. Guaranteed. This is number one. 10 times after each prayer. Number two, before they sleep, they say, Subhanallah, 33 times. Alhamdulillah, 33 times. Allahu Akbar, 34 times. He says it's 100 on the tongue, but how much on the scale? 1,000 on the scale. So total, how much do we have? 1,000 plus 1,500 is? 2,500. Now you know what the Prophet says? He says, فَأَيُّكُمْ يَعْمَلُ فِي كُلِّ يَوْمٍ he says, who does in just one day and night, in 24 hours, who commits 2,500 bad deeds? Why does he say that? Because, إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ يُذْهِبْنَ السَّيِّئَاتِ Every good deed you do wipes away a bad deed. So the Prophet is saying, all you have to do is this. Ten times after every prayer, subhanAllah, alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar. That's 150, 1,500 good deeds. And before you sleep, another 1,000. He's saying, if you commit 2,500 bad deeds, these just simple two acts wipe out all of those bad deeds. You have a clean slate, Jannah is yours. Ya Allah! We're talking about the mercy of Allah here. You can't quantify it in any bit or way. Just, just, just imagine. Do you see why we started the first session? Salah is a gift for the Ummah. What a gift! You can't ask for a better gift than this. What a purification for the believer. How can one who goes through this, 12 different ways in which all your sins are forgiven, then go and enter hellfire? All you gotta do is pray with khushu' five times a day on the appointed time. Because when you do that, everything else in your life is rectified. Subhanallah. But now we go back to the question, why then number 13 is, we say astaghfirullah after every prayer. Why do we say astaghfirullah? We just mentioned 12 different ways in which our sins are forgiven. Now number one, number one, we may have had shortcomings in our prayers. It's hard to have khushu' the whole way. None of us can really do it. 100% it's hard. It's very hard. Maybe we're only khushu' for 20% or 10% or 30%. So we say astaghfirullah, ya Rabbi, forgive my sins for, and my shortcomings in my prayer that I just made. Number two, humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do we know that Allah accepted our prayer? Do we have a guarantee from Allah that He accepted our prayer? 
No. You know, Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah says, وَإِذْ يَرْفَعُ إِبْرَاهِيمُ الْقَوَاعِدَ مِنَ الْبَيْتِ وَإِسْمَاعِيلُ رَبَّنَا تَقَبَّلْ مِنَّا Ibrahim and Ismail, they're building the Kaaba. Can you get a better deed than that? You know when we talk about, I, I, I myself am a fundraiser. I have fundraised for masjids. I know what it's like. You always are told, the hadith of the Prophet, you build just the bird's nest in the masjid and Allah builds for you a palace in paradise. What about if you built the Kaaba, man? Everybody who goes there and prays, you get a portion of the reward. Man, you're like, shoot, man, I'm man. I built the Kaaba, dude. Back up. But you know what Ibrahim he says in Ismail? You know what they say? You know what they're concerned about? Did Allah accept it or not? Allah accept from us. That's why, brothers and sisters, no matter what you do for Allah, no matter how much you do for your community and you think, I should be the president of the masjid, I should be the biggest leader, and people should all come and say, thank you so-and-so for being the man. If I wasn't here, the masjid would crumble on its walls. Nah. We're humble to Allah. We're concerned. Did Allah accept our deeds or not? So we say Astaghfirullah in case we had any shortcomings, any deficiencies, and we don't know if it's accepted. And thirdly, out of humility. Now, brothers and sisters, what's interesting is, you know, you see people with the masbaha, the tazbi, the dhikr beads. You see it a lot. It's frequent. You see people walking around with them. They're talking to you, but they're saying, they're moving their fingers as if they're remembering Allah. But are they remembering Allah? If they're talking to you, are they remembering Allah? You know, I remember in Jum'ah, I saw a man. He's sitting in the Jum'ah. He's listening to the khutbah, and he's... Moving his fingers on the, on the tazbi, the, 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 the masbaha. I'm like, really? The Prophet said, if you even move one stone on the ground, your jumaah's batal is, is nullified. And you're sitting here doing this, and you're claiming to listen to the imam as you're remembering Allah. Allah says, ما جعل الله من قلبين في جوفه. Allah has not given a man two hearts in his body. You can't do two things at once. You're either remembering Allah or you're listening. You can't do that. So you find people a lot of times they're, they're doing the masbaha, but they're not remembering Allah. And that's a problem. Why? It's good if it reminds you to remember Allah. But it's a problem if you're doing it and you're not remembering Allah. You know, Ali, Ali Nabi Talib, he saw a man, he was making istighfar. He's, he's like, he's literally he's like this. Astaghfirullah, hey brother, how's it going? Man, salam alaikum, man, how's it doing? Salam, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Oh brother, that's a nice shirt you're wearing, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. Ali, he looks at him and he says, man. He says, Yabna akhi. He says, oh, the son of my brother. <laughs> the way you're making istighfar like this, you need to ask Allah for forgiveness for the way you're saying, Oh Allah, I ask for your forgiveness. So when we say astaghfirullah, khushu' doesn't end. We have to be conscious of Allah. Oh Allah, please forgive me for any shortcomings that I have. And you know what's interesting is even in Hajj, when the believers leave Arafah, Allah says, Ask Allah for forgiveness. So, and Arafah is a point when everybody's sins are forgiven. But Allah says, after you leave Arafah, all your sins are forgiven, ask Allah for forgiveness. So humility to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, a question that needs to be asked and we have to address. There's something I have to address before we end. And then we'll get into concluding remarks. I'm going to cut out another whole section. We'll get right to concluding, but I need to, sh- I need to share this with you. Brothers and sisters, maybe somebody is saying, wow, all I got to do is pray, pray five times a day. We've mentioned so many ways in which Allah forgives my sins. And I do the azkar 10 times after each prayer, and I do it before I sleep, and I'm guaranteed Jannah. So I can go ahead and go to the club, I can drink alcohol, as long as I keep it under 2,500, I'm good. I can have a girlfriend, I can do whatever I want. Maybe people think like that. Allah is so merciful, I'm taken care of. So what's the response to that? That mentality. Number one, brothers and sisters. 
is, you know, with, with humans, what's interesting is that if you are kind to someone, one of the ways that you can, that person can get angry is when you keep taking advantage of their kindness. Right? Isn't that one of the things that make you angry the most? If you're kind to someone, you keep forgiving him, but they keep doing the same mistake and they do more. Somebody comes to your house and he steals something. Ah, I forgive him. Oh, he didn't say anything. I'm going to steal his iPad this time. He didn't say anything. Okay, I'm going to steal his HDTV. Shoot, no problem. Lock <laughs> out. I got everything, man. Just, just, just give me the keys. You know, just, just go sleep in the garage. There's a point where kindness ends. You're like, man, stop that. Everybody has a limit. Now, what about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Do we think that we talked about in the beginning? Can we use the blessings that Allah gave us to sin against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That's kind of strange. You know, it's as simple as this. The basic answer is as simple as this. If you want to play games with Allah, if you want to say, Oh Allah, your mercy, I'm going to use that against you. I'm going to use your mercy against you, Oh Allah. Allah says, The hypocrites who think like this, they try and deceive Allah. Make him afkar, man, I'm good. But Allah deceives them. It's as simple as this. If Allah so wills, if this is the mentality you have, if Allah so wills, He will say, none of your sins are forgiven. That's it. Wudu doesn't forgive your sins. Amin doesn't forgive your sins. The Afghan doesn't forgive it. That's all He has to do. Does He have power to do that? Absolutely. Allah says, يُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ He punishes whom He wills. وَيَغْفِرُنِ مَنْ يَشَاءُ And He forgives whom He wills. It's in the hands of Allah. And you know, Perhaps what will summarize this concept the best is the verses in, in, in Surah Al-Ma'idah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about on the tongue of Isa alayhi salam. He's talking about those who used to worship him instead of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's a powerful section in, in Surah Ma'idah. The last page of Surah Ma'idah. Read it if you have a chance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Isa alayhi salam is saying, إِن تُعَذِّبْهُمْ فَإِنَّهُمْ about the slaves of Allah. He says, if you wish to punish, punish them, then they are your slaves. You could do with them as you wish. But if you forgive them, then you are certainly Al-Aziz, Al-Hakim, the mighty and the wise. What does Allah say in response? This is the response to this mentality. I could do whatever I want. Allah is forgiving. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, قَالَ اللَّهُ هَذَا يَوْمُ يَنْفَعُ الصَّادِقِينَ صِدْقُهُمْ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ وَرَضُوا he says, today, on the day of judgment, this is the day, Those who are truthful and sincere with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is the day their truthfulness with Allah will benefit them. For them is gardens underneath which Rivers flow. They will stay therein forever. Allah is pleased with them 
and they are pleased with Allah. Brothers and sisters, this should shake us. Allah, His pleasure has granted to us. You know, Allah will call the people of Jannah, Ya Ahl al-Jannah, araditum. Oh, Allah will say, Oh, people of Jannah, are you pleased? Are you satisfied? This is a call Allah is talking to us. Are you satisfied? They will say, وَمَا لَنَا لَا نَرْضَى يَا رَبِّ وَقَدْ أَحَطَيْتَنَا مَا لَمْ تُعْطِي أَحَدًا مِنْ خَلْقِهِ Oh Allah, how could we not be pleased and satisfied when you have given us things you have never, you have not given to anyone else? All of Jannah, from the Hur al-Ain and the, the palaces and the rivers and the fruits and the clothes and the companionship of the prophets. Allah says, should I not grant you something better than all of what you have in Jannah? He says, of course. Allah says, I will grant you my pleasure. So I will never be angry again with you after today. When do, who gets this, brothers and sisters? Those who are truthful with Allah, those who know that we are, we are prone to make mistakes, but we continue to commit ourselves to the prayer five times a day. The one who approaches salah like this, then these 12, 13 ways in which all his sins are forgiven are granted to him. But the one who plays games with Allah, and this is what's important, brothers, you may not ever reach the level of the Sahaba, where you can pray and arrows are coming into your body and you're still praying. You may never reach that level. But if you have sincerity with Allah, then the day of judgment is the day in which your sincerity will be rewarded and you'll be granted the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a long journey. We end, brothers and sisters, and I cut out a whole section which I won't share with you for sake of time. But we end with a few points. Number one is we've learned all of this and the biggest question on everybody's mind is how can I implement this? I mean, we've sat from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. all day long and we've learned so much inshallah. But this is like a mountain, man. How do, maybe in two days I'm gonna forget everything. Number one, I said the notes were important. The notes are important. If you don't have the notes, then you're gonna, it's natural that we're going to forget. If you have the notes, then what my advice is to you, Wallahu a'lam, and this is my advice to myself, because I, I promise to you, I'm not saying this out of humility, and Allah, is, Allah knows me more than any of you know me. Allah knows that I am most in need of this reminder than anybody else. Khushu is not easy. Khushu is not easy. So the advice that I am following, Wallahu a'lam if it will work or not, but this is my humble opinion, that brothers and sisters, look through your notes and choose one aspect. Start from the beginning, start from the middle, wherever you want to start from, choose one part of salah. And say, I commit myself to have khushu' in this one part of salah. Somebody says, I'm going to start with wudu. Okay, fine. No problem. And I advise you to do it because if you try and take everything at one time, it's going to overwhelm you. Wudu. 
So now when I make wudu, I'm going to think about the sins that are being forgiven. I'm going to think about my limbs being given nur from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I'm going to think that the Prophet is going to recognize me by this nur. I'm going to think that I can drink from the hand of the Prophet based on this nur that he recognized me with, a drink of which I'll never feel thirsty again. I am going to make wudu and make the dua that the eight gates of Jannah will be open to me. What a blessing. And you keep working on this until you master wudu. Until every time you make wudu, you use little water. And you don't dance in front of the mirror, and you don't do weird things, you start thinking about all these things. Once you have that mastered, then move on to the next step. Maybe it's adhan. And we talk about, you do what we talked about. Maybe it's takbirutul ihram. You do what we talked about. Maybe it's sitting before prayer and mentioning the 11 steps that we mentioned to get in the zone. One step at a time. Baby steps. And the Prophet said in a Sahih Hadith, anytime you take one step to Allah, Allah is going to take 10 steps back to you. You come walking to Allah, Allah is going to come running to you. And if you draw close to Allah the length of a hand, Allah draws close to you the length of a meter. It's a promise from Allah. But you have to do your part, man. You can't say it's too hard for me, I give up after one day, after 10 days. No, you keep trying until you meet Allah. And if you are sincere with Allah, The day of judgment is the day in which this sincerity with Allah will be rewarded with the pleasure of Allah. And Jannah of which you will never leave it again. So that's the num- most important thing. And maybe there's something more important than that. Number two is 7.59. I'm wrapping up. That's it, I promise. So we'll maybe go five more minutes. But I'm wrapping up right now. Number two is always, as we mentioned, Be humble. If you ever, if Allah gives you tawfiq to master these steps, and whatever Allah has taught you that will help you develop khushu in prayer, if you now think like, look at this guy, he yawns in prayer. Me? Man, I never yawn in prayer. As soon as you become impressed with yourself, you've lost everything. You've lost everything. Never be impressed with yourself. Shaitan is going to come to you and say, Look at you, mashallah, praying with khushu, you're crying, you're thinking about Allah, you are such a alim. Abadan. Humble yourself to Allah. And as we mentioned, how do you know Allah accepted your deeds? How do you know that you're, you're not sure? Always be humble to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, number three, the Prophet said in Sahih Bukhari, he says, narrated by Aisha Allah, saddidu wa qaribu. He says, do good deeds properly and sincerely and moderately. Then he says, وَعْلَمُوا أَن لَن يُدْخِلَ أَحَدَكُمْ عَمَلُهُ الْجَنَّةِ He says, do good deeds properly and moderately, but he says, know that none of you will enter Jannah based on their good deeds. We, brothers and sisters, can never worship Allah as is His right to be worshipped. We can't. We can't. We talked about how much Allah gave us. Can we ever thank Allah even for the blessing of eyesight? We can't. So we do the best we can. And the Prophet says, And know that the most loved deed to Allah is the one that is done consistently, even if it's small. Baby steps. Choose one thing and consistently work on it. So know that, brothers and sisters, even if we pray the best prayer, and we do everything else, we fast, we go to hajj, we fight jihad, we do everything you can imagine. Our deeds will never enter us into paradise. 
Allah, out of His mercy, will enter us into paradise. Number four. Number four? Knowledge should equal khashya. Knowledge should equal khushu'ah. Whatever we learn, if it doesn't allow us to draw closer to Allah, then know you haven't learned. In fact, Allah says in Surah Al-Baqarah about the, about the people who learn the magic, He says, وَلَقَدْ عَلِمُوا لَمَنْ اشْتَرَاهُ مَا لَهُ فِي الْآخِرَةِ مِنْ خَلَاقِ Those who learn the magic, Allah says, they knew that if they learn magic, they will have no portion of the hereafter. But then He says, just to end the ayah, within the same ayah, within the same ayah He says, وَلَبِئْسَ مَا شَرَوْ بِهِ أَنفُسَهُمْ لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ they knew. Then he says to end, لَوْ كَانُوا يَعْلَمُونَ If they only knew. Why? Because their knowledge didn't lead them to action. So we will all, brothers and sisters, be asked about what we learned in this dunya. So now what we learned today in this seminar, what I have presented, I will be asked and you will be asked. What have you done with the knowledge that Allah allowed you to learn? And you know Abu Darda, he says, Wallahi, he says, وَاللَّهِ لَا أَخَافُ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِي أَنْ يُقَالَنِي مَاذَا عَلِمْتِ He said, I swear by Allah, I am not afraid that it will be told to me, what have you learned? He said, وَلَكِنْ وَاللَّهِ He said, I swear by Allah, what I am fearful of, أَنْ أَخَافُ عَلَىٰ نَفْسِي أَنْ يُقَالَنِي مَاذَا عَمِلْتَ فِيمَا عَلِمْتِ I am afraid I will be asked, what did you do with what you learned? So alhamdulillah, attending the seminar, may Allah reward all of you. And I really, I say this from the bottom of my heart. You spent 10 hours here at the masjid learning about salah. May Allah reward and put it, and put it on your, 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 your scale of good deeds and grant you jannah for that. Allahumma ameen. But brothers and sisters, if we just let it leave our ears and go out tomorrow, we forget everything, then we've lost it. You know, the, the poet, he even says, He says that if there's any other honor, in learning and gaining knowledge, other than having taqwa of Allah, having khushu of Allah, having the consciousness of Allah, then Ibnis would be the most honored person. Because he knows the most about Allah. So it's not knowledge, it's what you do with that knowledge. It's the khashya that you, the fear of Allah and the humility of Allah that you get with that knowledge. Lastly, and perhaps, brothers and sisters, we sum up with perhaps the most important. Oh, but I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this. I'm not going to mention it. It's in your handouts. These are some dua you say after salah. Okay? You can memorize it. I, I don't have time to mention it. Lastly, this is the take-home point of this seminar. If you're only going to remember one sentence from this seminar, I advise you, remember this sentence. Brothers and sisters, you are only in salah. You are in salah. What you are outside of salah. You are in salah. What you are outside of salah. What does that mean? If, as we mentioned, and we're just saying the same thing in different words, if, brothers and sisters, we choose to live a life away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we commit sins, we don't obey Allah, we publicize our sins, and, but then when it comes to prayer, we want to have khushu. We attend the seminar, we learn some tips, and we want to now have khushu. Wallahi, you will never have khushu. Allah is the one who gives khushu as a gift. How then do you expect to transgress against the commands of Allah throughout the day, then when it comes time for prayer, all of a sudden you're going to be a khashya? doesn't work. doesn't work like that. The Prophet said that every time you commit a sin, a black spot is placed on your heart until your heart is enveloped in black. It's covered in black. There's no nur that will come in. So if you want to have khushu in prayer, 
You must, brothers and sisters, leave off the sinful ways that, that hold us back from Allah. We have to leave it off. And it's a struggle, it's hard. And Allah knows that it's hard. And that's why He says, The one who who seeks guidance, but it comes in the wasn't ifta'ala, which means he's trying and he's struggling, he's working hard every day to get guidance. He might try to lower his gaze, but one day he commits sin again. But he tries and he makes tawbah to Allah again, and he tries again for this person who is sincere to Allah, and he keeps trying. Allah says, ultimately, زَادَهُمْ huda. Allah will increase them in guidance, وَآتَاهُمْ taqwahum, And He will give them taqwa. So brothers and sisters, this is the take-home point from the whole seminar. If you don't have outside of salah, khushu', then forget having it inside of salah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to benefit from whatever we have learned today that was beneficial. And we ask Allah to allow this knowledge to benefit us and to be, to be a means of us drawing closer to Him. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us our sins. We ask Allah to make us amongst those who sat in the gathering remembering Allah. And when they stand up to leave, the angels are told, or, or they say, Stand up, all your sins are forgiven. In fact, your bad deeds have been converted into good deeds. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us amongst those who His tranquility descends upon them, and His mercy descends upon them, and His forgiveness descends upon them. We ask Allah to grant us that which we seek, His pleasure. We ask Allah to grant us that which we seek, His pleasure, and ultimately, Al-Jannatul Firdaus. We ask Allah for Firdaus in the highest levels of Jannah. We ask Allah to give, bless us and gift us with the blessing of khushu'ah, both inside salah and outside salah.